Hey, this is Mia, and welcome to Friends After College. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Friends After College. Hope everybody's doing great, having a great week so far, having a great summer so far. Um, I feel like other people probably feel this way too, but even though I started working full-time last summer, I still feel like I'm not used to the whole, you know, no summer break thing. And I feel like it'd be really nice if as adults, we all just got, you know, a 10-week paid vacation (laughs) in the middle of the summer. That would be fantastic. Anyway, I'm just going to jump right into this week's episode because I'm actually so excited about this one. Not gonna lie, I was fangirling the entire time because I was so nervous. So for this week's episode, I interviewed the incredible Elena Kilgore. You may know her as Polka Dot Head on TikTok or perhaps the girl who bathed a cow on TikTok. But if you haven't heard of her, you need to go check out her TikTok page right now because she's just absolutely hilarious. I personally started following Elena when I was first moving to Denver because Elena also lived in Denver at the time and obviously the algorithm just always knows. And I started watching her content a lot and she just kept coming up on my For You page. And after a few months of watching her content, I realized that she had also created, on top of all this hilarious content, she had also created this incredible initiative. So Elena is the founder of Other People Fund, which is a business that sells t-shirts and bags and other merch to raise money to help pay for other people's therapy when they may not be able to afford it themselves. Um, And that's all through Elena's nonprofit support for the psyche. And if you're wondering about the reach of this incredible organization, Harry Styles actually has one of their bags. So, you know, that should tell you everything you need to know. Um, In this interview, we talk all about other people fun and how it came to be. And I just think that everybody should know how amazing Elena is right off the bat because I just think that this is such a ridiculously important concept, you know, raising money for other people's therapy that, you know, can't afford it necessarily. And I just haven't seen that anywhere else. So now please enjoy my very nervous interview with the wonderful Elena Kilgore. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm like crying, screaming, throwing up right now because <laughs> I <laughs> I have been literally following you on TikTok for I think probably about a year now um, because I was wow. a year ago, I was about to move to Denver and obviously the algorithm knew and they were like, oh, here's somebody who lives in Denver. Um you know, watch all their videos and figure it out. So, um, yeah, I've been a big fan of yours on TikTok, and um, I would love to just hear a little bit about you. Um, you can introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background, and sort of like, especially your personal journey with friendships. Sure. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Totally. Oh yeah. One other thing is you posted today on your story, right? That you were going to mm-hmm. interview someone from TikTok and I responded. And then like, right after I was like, what if she just has two interviews? She's not talking about me. How embarrassing. <laughs> no, I was, <laughs> I was talking like, about you. <laughs> Great. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> I was like, what a, um, egomaniac. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, uh, lived in Denver for a year there. So it makes sense that you're, you moving there would have found my content. Cause it's like very localized. So it's like people from Buffalo and people from Denver or make up right. a huge portion of, um, my following. So yeah. Um, 
personal journey with friendships. Yeah. I'm from Buffalo, New York, grew up here, um, went to college like two hours outside of Buffalo, um, met some like close friends there, but don't have like a huge community from college. Most of my close friends are from high school. So I have like a pretty, a handful of friends that I've grown up with since I like probably like sophomore year of high school is when I made most of my close friends that I'm still close with now. Um, that's like changed a lot, especially in the past like two or three years. Um, and then I moved to Denver in March of 2021 and lived there for a year. And so then that was like a whole new world of uh, making friends from strangers rather than like neighbors and people you grew up with or were in a classroom with. Right. Cool. Um, so kind of like touching on that, how did you sort of like transition into adulthood moving away from home? Um, and especially as it pertained to friendship. So obviously like you went to college and that was a transition, but then, um, like just worth all thrust into adulthood in different ways. And then like you moved to a new city for a year, like how has that all been for you? Um, has there been anything you've struggled with with that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the it was weird. I kind of did get to ease a little bit into adulthood because I went to college and I was planning to go for four years, but um, my best friend in school graduated a year early. I just ended up having like a weird amount of credits and ended up graduating early too, but it wasn't planned. Um, so I ended in three years and I was just kind of like, all my friends are still in college. Like, what am I going to do for the next year? So I took an internship um, and then I stayed, moved back home with my parents. And um, for a year, I was like, I guess I'll just travel, work full time when I'm not traveling. And then when my friends are out, like I'll do the real thing or whatever. And I ended up staying at that job for four years. So it turned into like a full career. But um, that first year, I was kind of just like, trying half to figure out what it's like to be in the real world but also like I would go drive to visit my friends at their schools um, or go back to my school and then um, by the time they all got out I think it was more of like shocking for them to be out in the real world and I was like this is yeah the miserable part is coming but now you guys are all free (laughs) and then I uh, moved out um, downtown Buffalo with two of my friends from high school once they were out of school and we did that for like maybe two years, year and a half. Um, And then I did a, so that was like mostly just hanging out with friends from high school and around Buffalo. Um, A few people from college I kept in touch with, but mostly it was like all my friends from growing up and then um, moved to, oh, I decided to do like a three month road trip by myself to do like national parks. And this was very much like isolation, did not interact with other people. I was wearing gloves. Like it was not (laughs) to interact with humans. It was at the end of 2020. Right. so that was like my first like solo trip. And then after that, I came back and I kind of knew before I even got back to Buffalo that I was going to want to move. Um, and then three months later, I think I moved to Denver and that was just kind of like totally new one person from college kind of. And that was it. Um, just kind of moved out there on my own. And that was like a whole different situation with like building a friend group in a community from knowing no one. Right. Oh my gosh. No, I, I totally feel that it's been, I, I chose Denver because I wanted something different and I didn't want to be surrounded by all these people that, you know, I had grown up with and that I knew for years and years. So um, it's definitely been a, a process. And I feel like Denver is so unique in that there's like so many people that want to do kind of similar things. Like they all, everybody wants to get up at 3am and go for a hike or like go backcountry skiing. And I like all that stuff 
but I don't spend all my time doing that stuff. So I'm like, where do I fit into this city? Um, so it's definitely been a process, um, but you went through all of that as well. So, you know, um, and so kind of like going into that, especially when you move somewhere new and you're having to make new friends, like from complete strangers, what do you look for in a friend? Like, what are your like green and maybe red flags? You don't have to talk about red flags, but like green flags for friends. I think growing up and still now, maybe the most important thing I think is that someone necessarily, they don't have to be funny in a way that they're like, haha, that person is so funny. But I think you should have fun when you're with people. So I think growing up, a lot of it was just like people that you had, the things you had in common with your friends were all the times you saw each other, like that you were in the same classes or lived in the same neighborhood. Um, and all of my friends from high school were all very similar. We all have like, it, like weirdly similar, like none of us have divorced parents, which is a weird thing, I think just statistically. So like the right. friend group I grew up with, like we're so similar from the exact same geography. So I think it wasn't easy. Like I wasn't seeking people out other than like people who thought the same things were funny as I did when I was in high school. And then it's kind of like, we still have things in common now, but a lot of what we have in common is the things that we grew up doing or right. saying. So it's more like feels familiar. Um, whereas moving to Denver, there was no familiarity. There wasn't anything. I remember like the first three months I was like, every, every time I meet someone, like all I'm doing is meeting people and I just have to keep explaining who I am or like trying to get a feeler, like putting something on where I saw my cousins, I think a few months into living there, I flew to California to see my cousins. And they said, like, I said something and they're like, Oh, are you going to be in the like, okay. Driving in the car because of your hamstring injury. And I was like, I like stopped her. I grabbed my cousin's arm and I was like, to be known. Like you just knew a thing about me without, without me having to, I was like, I have had to explain every Imagine. aspect of everything. Yeah. Um, so there's, it's definitely like unfamiliar and uncomfortable in like the stranger. Like when you move to a city alone, you just don't know anyone. You have to keep selling yourself, which feels a little gross. Right. Um, but definitely like seeking out people where you don't have to keep doing that. But it is like friendship and adulthood has to be so intentional and you have to really work to get to know who people are and why they are that way. And if, and then sometimes you'll do all that work and then be like, Oh, I actually don't think I want (laughs) to hang out. (laughs) I'm like, that's tough. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I, um, I literally resonated with everything you just said because I'm now a year into living in the same place, living with the same person, Um, but I still feel like I'm, first of all, constantly reintroducing myself and like always explaining what I do for work, where I'm from, where I went to school, all that stuff. And none of that even matters. So that's not really like getting to know someone also like I've spent a year getting to know these same people. And then I'll be like, wait, I don't even know if you have any siblings, like just weird stuff. And I'm like, is this how it's going to be for the rest of our lives? Cause I mean, growing up, like similar to you all of my friends were like exactly the same as me. None of my friends had divorced parents either. And I don't either like such weird, like weird similarities. We just all had like such a similar experience and we knew everything about each other's lives in like such an in-depth way. And now I feel like this person is, has been in my life for a year, but I still don't know so much about them. And as we gain more and more life experience, there's going to be more stuff like that from our past, from our background that we just won't know. And it's like, 
a little bit terrifying sometimes. I feel like I'm kind of like dissociating with my friends. Sometimes I'm like, who are these people? I don't know them. Yeah. It's so and you're weird. not like six months in and like, so what 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 is your mom like? You know? Or like <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It's it's so bizarre. And I'm I'm still getting used to it. And um I'm also with this podcast, this was sort of like my way of kind of pushing myself to be like, okay, now I also need to make new friends and I need to be getting out there and, and trying and being intentional about it. And, um, like, how do I do that if I'm so terrified of it? <laughs> so yeah, it's a weird experience. So, um, getting a little bit into your TikTok, which is how I found you. And also like, I feel like I've kind of selfishly asked you to be on this podcast because I'm like, okay, this is somebody that I want to be my best friend. So like, I'm going to get like her perspective on friendship. But um, when you started posting content to TikTok and it started blowing up, like, what did that mean for you? And how did that feel and look? And like, did you intend for that to happen? Yeah, it's kind of like weird. I, so I was working in corporate PR for the past, like up until very recently. Um, and my job was like kind of public facing. Like if you looked at my company, like I was the name on a lot of our materials and things. So it was sort of important that I kept a separate social profile than like professional. And I couldn't really be like wilding on the internet. And I got into some hot water for like a tweet. I I was, I used to be like big into Twitter. Like I was like, I'm going to tweet. I just liked tweeting things that I thought were funny. And that was like my fun social media outlet in high school and college. And then I got into a little bit of hot water with a tweet and I was like, okay, um, can't do social media and work in PR. Like that's just not my situation. But I really liked uh, TikTok. I was still like low, slow to download it. But once I feel like everyone was cooped up inside, we're all just like, cool, what is what's happening here? Um, I loved like Fibula and Lady Efron and all of Mm -hmm. them um, wash your pillowcases like right in the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, I could do that. I could talk to my camera, but I can't because I can't say dumb stuff because I have like a, this corporate job. Right. Um, so I was kind of just like playing around with like some things I would think were a little funny. I posted like rarely just a few videos, a few of them did well. Um, and then I think I got like a thousand followers and that was like, I was like, that's a, like a decent amount of people following this account, um, really early on. And then that was when I came up with the other people fund idea. And so I was like, I'm going to use TikTok to launch this idea. Got it. And then, so it was never like, I still don't think I'm in, like technically an influencer. Like I post on TikTok, but it's not like lifestyle. I don't really give a lot of personal information. Mostly it's jokes and things, but right. it's connected to like so intrinsically to other people fund that if I'm not posting regularly, other people fund doesn't get sales or attention. There was like one time where I was just kind of very at my wits end with public uh, (laughs) commenting and, and TikTok in general. So I took a month off. I just didn't post at all. And then my vendor who prints my shirts for other people fund, um, which is a business that sells t-shirts and merch um, that helps people pay for therapy, which is why I started doing um, the videos in the way that I'm doing them now. But he, the guy who prints my shirts, texted me and was like, is something off with our like system? Because we haven't like gotten a bunch of orders. I was like, no, I'm not posting videos of myself talking to my my phone on the internet. So it's very linked now that like I need to be this person um, and do polka dot head stuff in order for this nonprofit and this business to run. Right. Oh my gosh. That's, and I mean, that was one of my questions that I was going to get into later was like, how did other people fund and how did support for the psyche come out of like your TikTok presence? And I mean, we can get more into that, but, um, like that's incredible. And I, I don't think that most people 
on your platform necessarily know or on the platform and on your account necessarily know that that's what it's all for because like I just found you because you came up on my for you page one day and I followed you and now your TikToks are like constantly on my for you page which is (laughs) so much fun but like I didn't even realize what you were doing with it until a few months after that so um that's I mean that's really incredible and then and beyond other people fun like has your um, like presence online has the TikTok platform and all of that helped you build a community online in person. Um, I know you you posted like literally a few days ago about how the comments on your videos are just so out of pocket sometimes. But like putting that aside, <laughs> like how how has that like built you a, a supportive community? Yeah, because the internet is so wild. Everyone has something to say all the time, and I get it because like. I'm saying something, but everyone just (laughs) thinks that that's like free, a free for all for their like opinions. Um, yeah. And it's like silly just cause like if I was standing on a stage with a mic and I said like the things I say on TikTok, no one would be like talking about the subject matter. They would just be laughing or not laughing. Right. But on TikTok, they think I'm asking, like it's an open forum for advice. And like, this (laughs) is a question I have, which is silly, but, um, uh, yeah. In terms of community, I think it's been huge and weird and a lot of different things like TikTok. I've said before, which I don't know if this is still, I would still believe this, but it's like nothing has brought such a quantity of like no singular thing has brought as much joy and stress at (laughs) once than, than this like TikTok thing. Um, but it has like when people, I have other friends who have moved to cities and said like, how do you make friends? Um, and I was like, post on TikTok because a huge thing, the weirdest thing. So I posted um, and like, I'll often say like something about Denver or something about Buffalo because I'm in those areas a lot. And um, then they get served to, to the people in that city. Right. And um, in the beginning, when I said like, I'm new here, a lot of people were saying they were new there or they were like looking for friends. Um, and so right off the jump, I think um, in Denver, maybe like a few weeks in, I started an Instagram group and asked girls um, in, new to Denver if they wanted to join to like drop their Instagram. There were like 20 of us. And I think we met up a, quite a few times last summer and I think some of them might still be in contact, but um, it was just like Denver girl gang was the Instagram group. And that was like a cool way that it was actually meeting people and, and connecting people, which was a lot of fun. And then the weirdest thing was that Denver specifically, like if I'll go out to a bar or something, occasionally people will recognize me just because it's so localized. Right. But the maybe the second week I moved into an apartment all by myself. I know one person in that city. Um someone knocked on my door and it's like an apartment building with like a security and everything. So I was like, what's going on? And I, um, open it and it's this girl and she's like, looks at me and she, I think she like asked if I wanted milk. Like she had accidentally gotten milk when she was like vegan from like Grubhub or something. And then she was like, I follow you on TikTok," And I was like, (laughs) how did you get in my home? Um, but then we ended up like being good friends and she was my neighbor, but it was just a weird situation. She got served my video because she lived across the hall from me, but she was confused. I was confused. It was very <laughs> oh weird. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so bizarre. I feel like the TikTok algorithm is, I mean, we all know it's like something else. It's listening to you at all times. It knows exactly where you are. It's freaky, but I mean, that's really cool. Like that's, um, I've, I've heard that from a number of people that I've spoken to that, 
have also sort of gained a following on TikTok that it does become very localized and people start recognizing them and they're like, I'm not a celebrity, but like, okay. Um, Which is so, so weird and so crazy. But um, then moving, moving sort of off of that and going back to the other people fund and support for the psyche. Can you tell us more about that? Like where the idea came from? Um, And was this something that you always wanted to do and then started doing once you had the platform or how did it kind of all come about? Sure. Yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know, Other People Fund is a business, I accidentally a business, but an idea I had about um, selling t-shirts um, to help people pay for therapy, like using all of the proceeds from t-shirt sales uh, to help people pay for therapy if they couldn't afford it. Um, and it started as just like a little idea. I thought I'll sell a hundred shirts. And I, this was at that point where I had had a few videos do well. It was really early on um, in my TikTok account. And I was like, I'll post a video or a few videos. I'll promote it on TikTok. Mostly sell these to my friends and family, sell a hundred okay. shirts. It was a month before I was moving to Denver. So it was not like going to be an ordeal. It was sell a hundred shirts, be done and pay for a few people to go to um, some therapy sessions. And then I posted a handful of videos on TikTok. And one of them was the story about this guy breaking up with me twice. Um, <laughs> and then he ordered the shirt. It's it's pinned on my profile. Um, <laughs> and it just blew up and it got like over a million views. And then I got within 24 hours or maybe within 48 hours, 647 orders. And I only had a hundred shirts. So I had opened up pre-order and then I was like, this is getting out of control. I'm getting thousands of dollars that I like, I I'm going to follow through on it, but I'm just nervous about the quantity and the time. So I cut it off. Right. Um, and then I spent a month uh, like building out a business. And like I launched, I, I founded a business and then a second nonprofit because of tax law is ridiculous. So they can't be the same organization. So that's right. how support for the psyche exists, which that is the nonprofit where um, it just goes to awarding therapy aid and anyone can apply right online. It's a very quick application. And then I go through and either now I just work directly with their therapy providers um, and pay for up to three sessions per applicant. And so it's been a little over like a, like a year and a few months now that these have been these like functioning uh, business and nonprofit organizations that started from a little idea and a, and a viral video. That's, I mean, that's so amazing. And I, I, I don't even know like how, because support for the psyche, it seems like it's something that we should all be doing. Like, how are we, how is no, nobody like supporting people's therapy? Like, how is this not such a huge widespread thing that's happening all the time? But I don't even know how you come up with that. Cause it's like, it's so original, but also so needed. Um, and I mean, just so incredible. I go to therapy and like, I know how expensive it is even with insurance and, Um, I mean, the work you're doing is just incredible. Um, but kind of going off of that, um, because therapy and, and the things that come along with it can be so heavy. Are there any times where doing this work feels too heavy, where you feel like you have to separate yourself from, you know, maybe even the stories that you're hearing about the people that you're helping? Um, cause I know that that can be a lot, like, how do you sort of manage that balance? Yeah. First, thanks. That's super nice. Um, but in terms of the heavy conversations, it can be quite a lot. Um, a lot of it, especially with support for the psyche, is people will reach out or email me and kind of tell me their situation and where they're at or right. a friend of theirs who's in need, um, which can be can be heavy. Um, I try not to take a lot of it on. And I also like 
there's a protocol in place that like you can apply and I will send you aid. And there's not really a ton of prerequisites. Um, Most people that apply will get awarded aids, just a a bit of a wait list right now. So um, I try to understand that like the power I have to help is I'm going to, to use that um, to help them in the way that I've like set up for it to work, but it does feel heavy to hear the situations that so many people are dealing with um, financially and mentally Um, and then personally with it, like, I don't talk really about, um, other people fund or support for the psyche or TikTok in my day-to-day life a ton really ever. But when it does come up, it came up a lot when I was like dating in Denver Interesting. and any man that hears, I like runs a therapy nonprofit wants to tell me every trauma they've ever (laughs) endured. And they want to, they're like, oh, you know about therapy? <laughs> Let's go. And then they just, they tell it all, which is fun. It's nice to be like somewhat of a safe space for people that maybe don't get to be vulnerable in those ways, but it is like a job I didn't know I was signing up for. Right. Exactly. That's, I mean, I can relate to that in like so many ways. I, I always, my roommate and I both talk about how we're like the therapists of our friend group and it's like, okay did you ask me like, is this an okay time? Um, but that, that's obviously like such a typical man thing when you're going on dates and they just want to dump that all on you. Um, but going off of that, how would you like to see other people fund grow? Like, obviously, um, you've helped it grow with your TikTok, and it's grown so much from its inception in, in not very, you know, long of a time, but where would you want to see it go from here? So it has, it's grown in ways that I, I didn't think it would from it being just a hundred t-shirts a little over a year ago. We've now paid for over 215 therapy sessions and we wow. have like hundreds of applicants and supporters and we now have direct donations right now. I don't know if this will still happen when this is out, but someone, we have a, uh, an anonymous donor matching up to $900 in donations right now. So that's like a cool, another community piece that someone I, that follows me just reached out. Um, and there's a lot of like good people out there supporting other people fund and support for the psyche, which feels really awesome. But it's tough because it's hard for me right now to see how to grow it outside of it being so linked to my social media. And I work full time still. So it's um, just like when I have an idea for the business, I go through and I put it forward, but it's hard. I don't get to sit down a ton and come up with ideas and strategize like marketing or, or how can we grow this? And it's, it doesn't, it's not a full operation. It's really just me at this point running both as well as my full-time job. But um, yeah, I would love to see uh, I, I'm working now on building more of a community through support for the psyche. So having some more follow-up with our applicants um, and making sure that we're supporting people the best we can. And then I always say we, it's just me. Um, and then, uh, with other people fund, I would love to see more limited edition releases, more merch, and then more support. Um, and like, I like to do the in-person events where I can sell stuff. Like I've gone to a few concerts and sold shirts. Um, and I'd like to do more things like that. It's just tough, like, uh, with time restraints. Right. Oh, totally. Oh my gosh. I I mean, it's, it's grown from what I can tell it's grown. Like astronomically in a very like in in a time frame that most of most nonprofits grow um you know they don't have that kind of growth in that kind of time frame so it's really incredible and um with that like if if there's anyone out there and I'm sure, certain that there are that um people that are like you that have an idea for you know some good that they want to do and they just don't know how to get it off the ground um how would you recommend that they sort of just start doing that and and maybe even in like in the way that you did, you know, going on TikTok and just getting your face out there, even if it's not 
related directly to what they want to do. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 No, you're good. Um, I think something that I will give as advice with a caveat that like, I don't know, it works for me. I don't know if it'll work for you is um, I move things forward before they're maybe a hundred percent ready or before I know how it's going to work out. Um, because this was just an idea and I thought, let's just go for it. And I kind of moved it forward into the action plan where I know other people who have done something similar or had a, a nonprofit concept that they have spent a year plus developing and making sure it's in a good spot. And when it's going to be your full-time job, absolutely. Like it right. deserves that time and attention. If you can give it that, that's amazing. But in my experience, if I don't actually do it, I'm never going to. So just totally. doing something when it's good enough rather than when it's perfect, I think is going to at least, and then a lot of the times something like this, like you don't know what it's going to be until it's right. out in the world. So get it to somewhere, a place that you're proud of and then put it out, see how people respond and then react accordingly. That's really awesome advice. I mean, that's literally like what I'm doing with this podcast. I like, I started it kind of like half for work because I'm trying to build a like media production portfolio right now. And my boss was like, make podcasts. I don't know. See how it does. And, um, just the responses that I've been getting from like who I've reached out to has been incredible. So I'm like excited to see where that grows. And I mean, that's incredible advice for, I feel like any aspect of life, like, <laughs> especially now when there's just so much opportunity and I feel like our generation has such untapped potential, like just go for it because we have the ability to spread things far and wide now in, you know, obviously ways that we never could. So um, that kind of wraps up the questions that I have for you, but thank you so much for being here. I'm like, again, crying, screaming, throwing off that you're here. <laughs> um, but where can people find you? Uh, if you want to call it like your socials, um, other people fun socials, anything like that. Sure. Yeah. So I'm on TikTok at polka dot head. Um, and other people fund and then other people fund is on Instagram as well. And then we have other and support for the psyche.com. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. And, um, I'm really excited to share this conversation with everybody. Yeah. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. And let me know, I'm going to be back in Denver, probably full-time in the next two months. So amazing. Um, would love to connect. Absolutely. Friends After College is an independently produced podcast. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at friendsaftercollegepod. See you next week.